Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon. On Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Tuesday, July, oh no, sorry. Tuesday, April the 25th, 2023. Welcome to another edition of this episode. Um, so guys, you know, a lot of NBA playoffs has, has, um, has built up our excitement, especially this first round. After last night's game, 119-114, Miami versus Milwaukee, I feel like Milwaukee's in trouble. They're in trouble. I mean, this is my pick to win the East. Well, actually, no, the Celtics are. But I did a, I said I did a second bracket on 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 ESPN.com, and I chose Milwaukee to win it all. Now I have questions for for Milwaukee fans and players. What happened last night? You were up by fifteen in the second half. And then you allow Jimmy Butler to take over the whole entire fourth quarter. This man was getting shots from the three-point line, dunks, mid-range shots, everything. He willed this team to victory. Why couldn't you stick a Jay Crowder on there? And I noticed that he didn't play last night. That's why you got him for. You got Jay Crowder to defend uh, the likes of Jimmy Butler. Like in Phoenix uh, uh, two years ago, he was defending. Uh, he was he was defending. He, he he was Phoenix's primary defender on anybody that could have guard him. But he didn't play last night. Uh, let's see. Chris Milton fouled a lot. He fouled out. He fouled out with fourteen points. He was a no. He was a no show on offense, but defensively he was terrible. He was terrible guarding Jimmy Butler. I couldn't find anybody else to defend them outside of uh, 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 of Chris Middleton. And then you got um, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was he was okay. Um, Drew Holiday is not going to stick a Jimmy Butler all game long. There's no way. And I'm like, what? And like, and I'm telling Mike Budenholzer, Mike Budenholzer, you called the timeout when. Jimmy Butler went on a 7-0 run, a personal run himself. When he scored seven straight points, you called the timeout, which was too late in that time. So the score was 102 to 101. Miami was leading. Couldn't you call a timeout earlier to set up your defense? This is the problem I have with coaches in the league. We get too prideful. Thinking that our players got it. Like you notice that the momentum has shifted. It's shifted to um to the highest level. It's on Miami side. It was I was on their side throughout the game. And then when, when uh Milwaukee hit it threes, when they when they came back and they said and they and they were up by two, they're in Miami, it was a back and forth game. I thought Miami had it. Miami had it. Miami had it. 
No matter if the Bucks went up by two or four, whatever that may be, they had it. The momentum shifted. The timeout was too late in my mind. In my mind, you take a timeout when it's 101 to 98. Not 101 to, oh, sorry, 102 to 101. This, this, this will cost the Bucks. And I don't feel like, right now, I don't feel like they're going to win game five. I could be wrong, but I don't think, I don't think they're going to win game five, honestly. You can't tell me that, that you, you don't have guys that could defend Jimmy Butler's of the world. And Jimmy Butler's not even a scorer. Jimmy Butler play, barely plays the regular season, guys. We all notice that. We all do. So with that being said, despite Giannis scoring 26 points, despite you know doing his best, um, he did have a triple-double as well. Despite doing his best uh, <laughs> intimidation of being the Giannis that he's supposed to be, um, he, he he did he, he did his he did he did his he did his best on on a on a very bad tailbone, sort of say, but you know Brooke Lover has had thirty six, um he was no joke he had eleven rebounds but other than that they had nothing from the bench, you know Bobby Porter had five, Pat Collins had eight, but then again you know Joe Inglis had three but then again. You you don't ask those guys to defend Jimmy Butler. You ask hard nosed guys like a like a Jay Crowder or a Drew Holiday or a Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, first of all, he's not a hard nosed guy. He can't defend anyone, and last night proved it. And so, with that being said, um, they're in trouble. Like I said. Um, on the Miami side, I got to give kudos to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler did his thing last night. 56 points, 9 rebounds. He literally put put the team on his whole, on on his entire back in the fourth quarter. 41-25 they outscored in the in the outscored market in the fourth quarter, guys. Just think about that. You gave up 41 points in that fourth quarter. Everything else you know, the first three quarters was good. I mean, I thought, you know, Milwaukee had some good momentum, good feel to the game. They were playing def- well defensively. I mean, you talk about the highest rated defensive team in the league. Like, you got you got Brooke Lopez, you got Giannis, you got Drew Holiday, you got Drake Crowder. I mean, what more can you ask for? <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you're going to ask Giannis to defend um, – um, Jimmy Butler, that's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen because Giannis has to guard, uh, guard has to guard uh, Bam Adebayo. Unless you're going to ask Brooke Lopez to do that. I mean, you could ask Brooke Lopez to do that, but I, I do think Brooke, I think I do think that Jay Crowder or a Drew Hall that has to defend Jimmy Butler for the rest of this series, however long it goes. I mean, I, I I wouldn't go box one. I just I just go. I I I mean, I wouldn't go box one. I go zone. I mean, Kendrick Perkins on the broadcast said box one. I go zone. If you were me, if you if you're talking about 
six eleven. You have two seven footers basically in the paint. I would have gone zone to keep Butler a matchup zone to to keep Butler out, out of his score race. Notice that he was getting his majority of his points in the paint. So I will keep him out of the paint. I'll go zone. I'll force anybody outside Butler to beat us. Uh, a Gabe Vincent, maybe a Max Strews. Max Strews barely played. Uh, Duncan Robinson. You know, guys like guys outside of Jimmy Butler that we 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 have net we we have heard of, but they will not come through in the stretch. If that makes sense. And so, with that being said, kudos to Jimmy Butler for doing his thing in Game Five. I'm sorry, Game Four. Uh, going out there, going for 56 points. I never thought that Miami would win this series. You know, I thought it'll be a, you know, I thought my Mark would get him for for Neil, but that's not the case now. Now it's three three to one. So I just wonder, what do you do between now? And and Wednesday morning, how do you defend Jimmy Butler? Better yet, I mean, offensively, you got the offense down. You had you scored 114 points. That's good. But what do you do defensively on Jimmy Butler? That's my question for Game Five. I just, I mean, that's my answer. My answer is go zone. Go zone. Keep him out of paint. Force. And everybody else to beat us. Now, I want to talk about this one other game before I move on to the most dramatic matchup in the series. Um, the Sayers Sixers versus the Nets. Just just a brief, just a brief talk about you know on that series. The Sayers Sixers won that series four nil. Um, Tobias Harris had twenty five points and twelve rebounds. Uh, Philly is resting right now, uh, and thank God they are because they need all of Embiid to come through. I don't know how healthy Embiid is going to be against <clears throat> Celtics, but but right now they may have the edge. Who knows? We'll see, but. I want to ask the net, the Nets fans a question. What do you do with Ben Simmons? I know a lot of people have not been talking about Ben Simmons throughout the whole entire season. I think we stopped talking about him back in January. Um, but that's really the last time he played. Sometime in January, I think. I don't. I'm not sure. But um, that's my question. What do we do with Ben Simmons? Do we? You can't trade him because you know is he going to work out for that other team? I mean, the only thing at this point is release him. And I don't. And, and you see, and I and I'm going to go to a deeper conversation about load management in a second. But this is not even load man. This is not even load management. This is this is a guy that does not care about basketball at all. This is a guy that wears whatever he wants and sits on the bench and and and, and looks it looks disappointed. Looks depressed. I'm like, dude, you're the one that 
that didn't want to take, get to put the work in to get healthy to help your team out that was that was fighting hard in the postseason selfish and I'm going to talk about another player who is selfish in a second but well actually I'm going to do that 12:35 so but that's my question what do you do with Ben Simmons everyone what do you do with Ben Simmons Nets fans you can't trade him release him Release him because you're ruining a, a spot that someone else that is willing to hard, come in and produce the hard work and, and just and, and, and just give it a go. I mean, there's millions, millions of guys out there in the league that that want an opportunity, and you got one joker that sits on the bench in street clothes that's taking a, taking a spot. And I'm like, I don't, I, what, what, what do I say as his teammate? What do I say? This is why K, Kyrie and KD and James Harden, Harden left. This is why. Especially KD. He says, you know, this guy only works half ass. I'm not going to be here long. If your future is around Ben Simmons, then this shit is not going to work. It's not. Better go find somebody else. I mean, look at Spencer and your Mikel Bridges is your whole team now. He played the whole entire season. He's your team now. Then you got Cam uh, Johnson and uh, Spencer Dillian and all those guys. They're not championship worthy, but it's something. It's better than Ben Simmons. All right. So that's my brief take on, on that series. Um, you know, you know, like I said, the 76ers are resting. And uh, as soon as that Boston Celtics, Boston Celtics series is over, they will play the 76ers in the next series. We don't know what that day will be, but that series will be, a, will be an awesome series to watch. Now let's go to the dramatic series of the year. The Memphis Grizzlies and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, it's 3-1 L.A. Last night was spectacular. But before we talk about last, last night, let's play one clip out of two that says, that says LeBron is old. According to Mr. Dilla Brooks, let's hear that clip from Mr. Clown himself. You've played against LeBron, what, in three different playoff series? Kendrick, what do you make of this? Well, first of all, <laughs> I love it, right? But he didn't He didn't poke the bear, okay? He didn't poke the bear. He didn't poke the bear at all. There's a picture right here. He pulled honey on him. That's what, what Dylan Brooks did. What's he pulled honey on him. He pulled honey on himself because that bear's coming. That bear's LeBron James. And look, I don't even like holding that picture, but here's the thing, right? Yeah, I, I understand do it. <laughs> this big Memphis, and I get that. But LeBron James from Akron, Ohio, okay? LeBron James is from the mud. LeBron James got pride, and he better believe he didn't poke the bear. He pulled honey on himself. The bear's coming. Saturday, LeBron James is on his way. I've been watching a LeBron James in these past two games that has been settling for jump shots. A total of 16 uh, three-point shot attempts. Um, and he only got to the line eight times in two games. I'm talking about Braun. That's going to change on Saturday. 
Dylan Brooks better be ready. I appreciate him going there. I appreciate the competitive nature. But that's not the bear you want to poke. He didn't poke the bear. He pulled honey on himself. All right. So you hear um, what Mr. Perkins was saying. <laughs> um, yeah, he did. He did. He screwed himself. And he screwed the Grizzlies. Uh, last night was the perfect example of Memphis wasn't wasting their opportunities. Um, let's look at it. De Desmond Bain did all he could. Jaron Jackson did all he could. And by the way, why was Jaron Jackson the defensive player of the year? I mean, he plays defense, but he, he, I mean, he is hit or miss defensively. On his on, on on the fouls that he picks, and I don't like when guys pick up numerous numerous fouls on consecutive possessions. That's what Jaron Jackson does. But do I agree with that pick? There there's more guys more worthy to get a defensive player of the year. But congratulations by but to Jaron Jackson for winning that award. Deserved is a question, but anyways. Um, that last night game, I, I, I just – Memphis. I picked out to win this series. Y'all went to game four and laid an egg in fourth quarter into overtime. You can't tell me that, uh, that once Dylan Brooks opened his freaking mouth, you got game three, y'all were down by 30 points. You can't you, you can't play basketball like that. You can't be saying that shit like that. You can't, Dylan Brooks. This is why everybody in, in their right mind who is a basketball mind is calling you a clown, except for the city of Memphis. They love you over there because they, they don't have anything to cheer for right now. But y'all, they don't. Dylan Brooks is a waste of time. He's a waste of money. He's a waste of a player, waste of a talent to say that shit like that. And then you go off and, and you shoot four for 11 last night. And the previous game went three for 13. What type of basketball have you been playing the last two games? You haven't done anything at all. Nothing. And then you say you're, you call LeBron old. How's LeBron old when he goes for 25 in game three? How's LeBron old when he went for 22 and 20 and seven assists? This man ha has a lot more a lot more credibility than you do. You are nothing. And, of course, they don't have anybody else to defend LeBron. They don't. You're not asking. They had to put Xavier Timlin in overtime. I'm sorry, in the fourth quarter into overtime to defend LeBron. How did that work? You got LeBron making a layup over Jaron Jackson. The toughest layup in basketball is putting it on top of the glass. And having it drop, and I'm like, damn. Wow, that is the toughest layup of all. But he made it. 
He made it. it th- this is just unbelievable, man. Like, I, I chose y'all to win this series because I thought that, okay, y'all are quicker than the Lakers. Uh, y'all are, y'all can defend the Lakers, but obviously not. <laughs> you got LeBron, you got LeBron going for 22. You got Austin Reeves going for 23 last night. I mean, Austin Reeves at this point should get paid. He should get the, the bag at least. If I'm the Lakers in the offseason, I'm giving Austin Rivers the bag. I'm not letting this kid go. I mean, this is this this was this is an S. Caruso. I mean, if I'm a team out there that needs a, a score, a team out there that needs toughness on defense defense, I'm calling them Austin Reeve to lead our team. But if I'm the Lakers, I don't give this up. But Memphis, man, y'all in trouble, man. It's over. Like when Dylan Brooks opens his mouth, it's over. I say, you know what? Oh, shit, it's over. But let's hear another clip from Dylan Brooks. I don't care. He's old. Uh, I poke bears. Um, I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. And then we started getting into a you know conversation. I just let them know that, you know, you don't, you can't take me one-on-one. You know, you have it. You can go look at the film. He doesn't really take me one-on-one until that moment. Then when he got subbed out, he was tired. That's why I did my job. At the same level as he was when he was on Cleveland, when he won championships in Miami. You know, I wish I got to, I got to see that. You know what I mean? It would have been a harder, harder task. But, you know, I'm playing. I'm playing with what I got with me when I was there before. You know, I get booed everywhere I go. It doesn't matter to me. You know, it just gets me going. Been booed for about three years in the playoffs. So, you know, it just it just knows. It just goes to show that, you know, people know the name and they got to boo the name. Dylan Brooks. So, once again, define old to me, Dylan, in, in NBA years. I mean... Old to me personally means that if LeBron scored only five points and his jumper was falling off, that that to me says, okay, LeBron, you need another career. You need to retire today. That that that's just me. But I I will say this. I will say that talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. Let me hold my beer, LeBron. LeBron holds his beer. He's going to go off and go for 22 points and 20 rebounds. Oh, that's old, right? That's old when a guy shoots. When a guy shoots 8 for 18 and go and gives 15 rebounds. I'm oh, sorry, 20 rebounds, but 22 points. That's old to you? That's old to you, Dylan Rooks? I mean, what's old, what's old is what you're saying. He was in the league when you were in college. Well, actually, he was in the league when you were in high school, bro. And you're defending him. You can't defend him. This is why you gave up the drive. You gave up the, that was poor defense. You gave, you, you were playing him close. You could, you could have stayed close to him. 
or have Xavier Tillman guard him again. I would have gone with that than Dylan Brooks guarding him. Because you know how you guard LeBron, you guard him LeBron face up. You don't give him any drives. You make him, you you force him by make my you force him by make him shoot a jump shot. Period. You don't make him drive it to the hole. I'm, as much as strong strong as he is, you don't make him drive. You make him shoot. That's poor defense. And I don't. And, and you know. I can go on and on about this, and I am actually I am, but this this is unbelievable on Memphis's part. You got a guy that's playing with one hand and John Morant, then you got another guy in Desmond Bain who's quietly helping y'all. He's doing his best. Then you got Jaron Jackson trying to defend his trying to defend his wear off, trying not to get into foul trouble, trying to defend everything. He did his job. The bench never came through. We never, we didn't even know who came off the bench last night. Uh, Roddy, we don't know. Uh, Trey, no, no, I'm sorry, not Trey Jones. Tyrus Jones, he barely came off the bench last night because the game, the Memphis got down and they got up and they got down and it's like, okay, I'm gonna keep my same guys in. That's what Taylor Jenkins was saying. I want to keep my, that guy's same in so that we can keep the momentum going. Memphis had a great pace uh, all four quarters. When they even when they were down by fifteen, they cut it to two by at the half, and then you know they were up by actually they were up by seven with five minutes left. Lakers Lakers called the timeout, uh, and then you got. D'Angelo Russell hit three threes, and LeBron taking the charges, two charges in the fourth quarter, which we've never seen LeBron taking a charge in the fourth quarter. We actually never seen LeBron take a charge in a meaningful, meaningful game. He would never do that in the regular season. I mean, if you had, if you had Lakers fans like Gabe here, and um, and my and my former roommate Brandon here, they'll be surprised. Of why LeBron took a, took a, a charge, I, I I'm very surprised too because because I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Why well, I am a, a LeBron James fan, but I never seen that man take a sacrifice his body before. As big as that body is, he is taking a charge in the fourth quarter. Of a meaningful game to get his team to the next round. Then he says, I'm going to grab 20 rebounds. Then Austin Reeves says, let me go get you 23 points. Then Anthony Davis does his best to defend the rim. So both guys were defending the rim. So this was a highly entertaining game last night. But then again, Memphis screwed themselves because Memphis couldn't get their shots off in the overtime. What was working, uh, what was working in, throughout the game was what was was attacking the paint. They couldn't get there in overtime. When you force them to make jump shots, a jump shooting team, they're irrelevant. You know, John Morant can't hit a jump shot to save his life. 
You know, that's why you got Luke Kennard or, or, or uh, Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is good at outside shooter. Jaron Jackson can can um, get your buckets down low. Every player on Memphis can get you a point basket. If you make them shoot outside, they're not an outside shooting team, which the Lakers did in overtime. And that's why they, they're up 3-1 because they made the adjustments in that, in that stretch to get them over the top. But then again, you know, Dylan Brooks opens his mouth after a game two victory, calling LeBron old, and then not backing it up by, by what he says. I always want to look for the backup. I always want to say, you know what? Maybe this guy's right. Do you know how many people believe in you, Dylan? Only the people in Memphis believe in you, not the rest of the NBA. This is why you're getting booed everywhere, like you said. It's embarrassing to get booed everywhere. But if he wants to play that role, let him play that role, man. You know, like like I I I, I can't stop a man from from being who he is. And that's what Dylan Brooks is. He's a villain. He's a clown. He's a loser. I can go on and on. Because you don't back up your game. You like you don't practice your game. I don't like when guys don't practice. You shoot three for 13 and four for 12. Don't you think it's time to get into the gym? Don't you think you say, you know what? Maybe I need to work on my defense. You know what? Let me, let me, on top of that, you had five fouls. You know what? Let me work on my, um, on my shooting a little bit. Let me not say the right things. You took the pussy-ass move and not, not speak to the media last night. That's what you did. You didn't speak to the media last night because of what happened to your Memphis Grizzlies. Y'all never came through. When they said they took the pain away, that's it. It's over. Now game five hits tomorrow. Now we say it's over. I'm saying that, but I could, then again, they could force a game six. That's highly unlikely. But we have seen stranger things. I mean, there's teams that have came back from three to one. This team's not coming back from three to one unless they find a way to shoot outside shots and they force the lake and they defend the basket. They, they defend LeBron. They got to find a way to get in front of LeBron. I mean, they, you can shut off Austin Reeves. You can shut off Anthony Davis. But you got to find a way to defend LeBron. Make them one-dimensional. LeBron is going to carry them. Right Last night, he didn't have to. He has help. All around the court. So it's up to you, Memphis. Are you going to step up or are you going to choke? Because, like I said, I I, I want I I voted out to win this series because I thought that y'all can beat beat them in transition, but I haven't seen that. I just seen a bunch of guys that are immature, 
guys who 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 don't want to work, thinking that you know it's easy, thinking that you know you can just get up in the morning and try to beat a Lakers team with Anthony Davis and LeBron playing at high levels right now. So with that being said, let's let's go to another matchup. And this this other matchup is tonight. So there's three games tonight. There's Atlanta and Boston. There is Minnesota and Denver. And there's the Clippers and the Phoenix. Now, let me talk about the Atlanta-Boston series. Do I have it here? Okay, I have it here. Game four. Okay. So Jason Tatum had 31 points to seven rebounds. Uh, actually, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown had 31 points. Both of them in peace. Um, I don't know why this is a five-game series. <laughs> I'm saying a five-game series because uh, the Celtics are going to get rid of it tonight. They're going to win tonight, in my eyes, because I said so. And also because they, I think they found their groove. I think when Jalen Brown took off his max, we saw the real Jalen Brown. We saw him attacking the rim with force. Jason Tatum's always going to do, he's going to do inside and out. You know, you got Derek Wright trying to defend the Trey Young and the Jonte Murray, but it's tough sometimes. It's tough. But it's, it's, just, it's just the way it is. And it, I, I think if Boston keeps up their defense, I do think that, um, I do think that they'll, they'll win. Now, what what's concerning to me? It shouldn't be concerning to me, but but it is now. Is Dejounte Murray being stupid? Okay, you cannot bump into an official after the game and call all this gibberish nonsense to cost your team a victory. To cost your team in Game Five, your game. Your your team is going to go out there and probably lay an egg tonight. Or they may get lucky and win, but they won't get lucky tonight. Because you 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 want to go talk to the officials after the game, bump to the official over a call. Now I know the officials have, have officiated has been terrible. Actually it's been a little bit better. Some on some games, but I don't know what type of what what call are you looking for, Dejounte? I don't know what are you looking for. What type of call are you looking for, man? Were you fouled? Game has ended. I mean, Trey Young did his best. He had thirty five points, thirty five points, and fifteen assists. DeAndre Hunter had 27 points and seven assists, and now you're asking, and now you don't have DeJounte. Now they're going to focus more on Brogdon. Brogdon, Brogdon Bojanovic is a liability on defense. Hear me out. Brogdon Bojanovic is a liability on defense. And so <laughs> it, it, it's just unbelievable how guys think of themselves and not think about the team sometimes. And that's what DeJounte did. DeJounte thought of himself versus the team. You have another game. 
another game you shouldn't even have. If Boston would take care of business in game three, y'all will be out by y'all will be home by now. And then we'll be asking our question, what do we do with Trey Young? What do we do with the coach? The coach just got there. Oh, give him time, you know, give him time. Just um give him time. Let let, let him get familiar with the players and let him run his own scheme and go from there. Well, this is why you don't hire a coach mid-season. This is why you you hire an assistant coach to run your team because the assistant coach has been there from day one and knows the team. So if you fire a coach at mid-season, you bring that assistant coach on to coach your team. That's what the offseason would have would have, would have would have we would have been talking about that in the offseason if Atlanta would have lost this lost this game. Well, yeah, lost the series. But now, you're without Dejounte tonight. So what do you do? I just said, Bogdan's a liability on defense. Obviously, he's going to start, and obviously, he's going to give you three points. But he can't give you the same game that Dejounte can give you. So more pressure will be held on Trey Young to bring you that. You know, more pressure will be on John Collins because John Collins has been a no show in this series. He's been a no show. You can't you can't you can't make this up. He's been a no show this series. John Collins, that that's that's the only person that that hasn't shown up. Trey Young has. Trey Young has done his best. I'm I'm very surprised that Trey Young has showed this series because I thought, okay, you know, Trey Young is not going we're not gonna get the best from Trey Young, but we're gonna get something from him. So in this case, I do think that is over. Like Boston, I don't think you should be looking ahead. I think when when it wins a blowout, uh, heading into the fourth quarter, I do think you should think about the Philadelphia uh, uh, State Sixers. I almost call them the Eagles. The State Sixers a little bit so that um, you prepare and get ready for that series. Don't give this team any more rest or an Embiid any more rest. You want to attack you want to attack early then 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 later. I saw you want to attack early rather than later. So if this series were to extend another game or two, hey, that's more rest for Philly. All right, so let's go to another game. Another game tonight that is being played. It's going to be on NBA TV. It's going to be Denver and Minnesota, which I am very surprised that this series is not 4-0 Denver because I have them winning the West, Denver, uh, right now. But um, Jokic in game four had 43 points and 11 rebounds and six assists, and he was dealing with foul trouble. He was dealing with foul trouble throughout the game. Um, thank God Denver kept it close. They kept it close because uh, because uh, of the bench. You know, Jamal Murray. J- no, not because of the bench. Because of Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, and KCP. Uh, they kept it close because of those guys. Uh, those guys were hitting shots. They were making defensive plays. Even Bruce Brown was making a defensive play. Um, so... So in order for Denver to win this game tonight, 
Jokic has to stay out of foul trouble. He must be on the court. He facilitates the whole entire court. He's got to stay on there so that the so that <laughs> so that Minnesota knows what personnel to run and and if they need to run two two big men at, at Jokic, they can they could do so. But they're not going to do that. Now, Anthony Edwards had 34 points and six rebounds and five assists. Um, there's always an issue about Town staying in the game, um, which that's the biggest issue because Town, Towns, his, his, he gets a little handsy sometimes on defense. So um, he, he doesn't know how to position himself to play defense. And so in that case, you have to um, – in that case, you, he has to stay in the game. In order for them to get, in order for Minnesota to get a chance, he has to stay in the game on the road. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to bank everything on a 21 year old because that's just too much for him. For I'm not talking about Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards can handle it, but I'm not going to bank too much on it. I'm going to bank on my All Star to get us through. I want to bank on Gobert to not pick up cheap fouls. And that's all really they have. That's all they have. They don't have anything else. I mean, they have, you know, Mike Conley who who could who who can um run his stuff. You know, I I, I do feel like Mike Conley can can um produce something in this game 5 uh tonight. Um <laughs> for that other reason. But uh, I do think that um I do think that Denver's got this tonight. Uh, it's going to be a tough game, but I do think Denver's got this tonight. Now, our final game we'll move move forward to is uh, is Phil is Phoenix and LA Clippers. Uh, this game's in Phoenix tonight. Excuse me. Uh, so this game is is on tonight. Uh, Phil. Phoenix and LA Clippers, one twelve to one hundred in Game Four. Now, if you're gonna get Durant and Booker scoring thirty points apiece, it's over. It's over. Those guys compliment those guys themselves uh, each other so well, so well, to the point they're unstoppable. They can't. They can't be. Un, they can't be. Uh, un, uh, they can't be stopped. So, how do you stop them? Um, you don't. The Clippers have the players to stop them, but um, Kevin Durant's always going to get his own shot. Devin Booker's always going to get his own shot. Even Chris Paul is going to get his own shot. You know, if the the only person that that doesn't get his own shot is Aiton. Aiton. A A eighteen is gonna, you know, they're gonna they're gonna run some pick and roll. They're gonna probably dump it down to eighteen, and he's going to dunk it. That's how he gets his points. So, if I'm the Clippers, you gotta you gotta cut them off. You gotta cut them off. Now, I was gonna talk about this. Uh, I am gonna talk about it now. 
And I forgot to talk about Draymond Green, but I'm going to talk about that after I t- finish this matchup. But let's play a clip from Mr. Stephen A. Smith. I want to play it twice, and I want to get your expertise on it. I want to give you my expertise on it, and then we'll come back and we'll discuss. Let's, let's roll that clip twice. I didn't pick the Suns to win this series, and this was, if you recall, a primary reason why that was. Uh, not only was Paul George out, um, I asked the question, are we sure that Kawhi is going to be available? If you recall, Big Perk, that's exactly what I said to you. And if you remember in 2019, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard played all 24 postseason games for the Toronto Raptors. Since that time, Kawhi Leonard has played 26 total playoff games for the Clippers. I want to say something and put Kirk, Big Perk on the screen because I want to see him when I say this. I don't know how many people are going to say this, Big Perk, but I'm going to say it. Kawhi Leonard should be on the list of one of the worst superstars this game has ever seen. That's right, I said it. Because anybody that watches basketball knows I'm obviously not talking about his skills. We know the brother is big time. We know that as a talent, he's a superstar, one who shows up when he plays. I'm talking about in terms of his performance, performs in the postseason, arguably better than he performs in a regular season. He is that dude. But when you talk about a superstar that is unreliable. I want somebody to point me out, somebody more flagrant than him. You know, you're load managing him all through the season, all through the season. He takes every perk imaginable. We ain't got to even debate all of this. I'm not getting into all of the stuff that he did to get to Los Angeles and what he forced the Clippers to capitulate to in order to acquire him. I'm talking about unreliability. Now, I know Wilbon, my man Wilbon, and I talked about this. We know that the, the injuries are legitimate. They're not fake. We got that. I would never do that to him or any other player, but especially him. We understand the hard work that he puts in trying to get himself ready or whatever. But when you think about his personality, selling the game, promoting the game, promoting the Clippers franchise, being available, being available. I don't know about you, Big Perk. I'm genuinely sad for Ty Lue. Every time I look at Ty Lue and I see Ty Lue's face and I see him looking sad or just looking melancholy or whatever the appropriate word is, the first thought that comes to my mind is, what the hell is wrong with Kawhi Leonard now? Because there's no way he's looking like that if he knows he can rely on Kawhi Leonard. If Kawhi Leonard is available. And to see him in Los Angeles coaching this Clippers franchise, Lawrence Frank, you see that the organization has become first class. Steve Ballmer is one of my favorite people, favorite owners. Uh, it's a damn shame that this man is who they have to rely on because you just can't rely on him. And we know it's because of injuries, but you just can't rely on him. But the other stuff that it takes to, magnif- to magnetize folks to your franchise that you could do personality-wise – Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, helping to market the franchise. He does none of that. Mm-hmm. He just shows up to work. He does his job. He goes back to business when he shows up to work, which, as Molly highlighted at the start of this discussion, isn't often one of the worst superstars to have that I have ever seen 
in sports. They picked the Suns to win this series, and this was, if you recall, a primary reason why that was. Uh, not only was Paul George out, um, I asked the question, are we sure that Kawhi is going no, no, no. to be available? Yeah, yeah. If you recall, Big Perk, that's exactly what I said to you. And, and if you remember, in 2019, we'll <laughs> Kawhi Leonard played all 24 postseason games for the Toronto Raptors. Since that time, Kawhi Leonard has played 26 total playoff games for the Clippers. I want to say something and put Kirk Big Perk on the screen because I want to see him when I say this. I don't know how many people are going to say this, Big Perk, but I'm going to say it. Kawhi Leonard should be on the list of one of the worst superstars this game has ever seen. Okay. That's right. I said it. Okay. So. The reason why I played it twice is because I want y'all to understand something. How would I say this without being mean? I want guys to go to work every day. We got guys that go and play basketball everywhere this summer spring, fall, whatever that may be. When it comes to the season, when we're hurt, I can understand we're hurt. What I don't understand is you play 52 games and you're load managing. This is a playoff series, guys. And Kawhi Leonard is the king of load management. I'm sorry. I'm calling him what it is. And I agree with Stephen A. He is the worst superstar player Ever. I'll go ever. I've never seen a guy take so much time off and then have a coach defend him to his breaking points. Ty Lue said, no, guys, he's hurt. Like, Ty Lue, you had 24 games to figure this out. Well, I'm sorry. You had how many games did you have? So you, you, you had 30 games to figure this out. Kawhi as a man. This is a 31-year-old man. He ain't no rookie. I can understand if he's a rookie, but he's not a dirt uh, he he is not a rookie. He is a 31-year-old man. If he cared about the game of basketball, then he'll do everything he can to get back on that court healthy. To get back in the series healthy. Pl to play game game 3, game 4 on a bad knee. John Morant's playing, uh, playing the series on a bad hand. Everybody's nicked up at this time. Giannis. But we have guys that want to give up. This is the give up t tactic that Kawhi's doing. He's finding an excuse to sit out games in a meaningful playoff series. The man went for 38 points in game one. How can you tell me he's hurt after game two? A guy, this man had 52 games to figure it out. I'm sorry, 30 to figure it out. All that time in the training room, wasted. To wait 
to game three to say, you know what, you're out. Now game five, you're out. Stop defending the man, Ty Lue. I can understand they asked you a question, but stop it. This is a this is a playoff series. You're trying to go to the next round. What type of nonsense is this that we got guys, you know, get given, you know, they, they'll play one or two games at a high effective level and they'll, they'll miss. What in their right mind does this? And then we appreciate them when they sit out. That questions his character. I don't care about the training staff. They've done their job. Excuse me. I question the player. This is unbelievable. He did the same shit in San Antonio too. Well, the later part in San Antonio. He, the first six seasons in San Antonio, he was playing. Then the last year, he was like, no, I'm not playing. I'm like, dude. What is going on here, man? It's easy enough to call off work. It's easy enough to take a playoff. This is a, a series. As a matter of fact, I picked y'all to win this series. I did. No one else did. I said it. Everybody picked Phoenix to win this. To, 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 to win this. And now, Ty Lue, you're saying at the at the last part of the uh, uh, of your press conference, when you're about to go get your ass beat tonight, you say, "Oh, Kawhi's really hurt. Really? Didn't he have thirty games to figure that out? He had all that time off to figure that out." I can understand Paul George. Paul George got hurt in April. I can understand that. Paul George, at least he's working hard. At least he's trying. It's just unfortunate that the NBA screwed the schedule up in this series to play every other game. Except Saturday, you got two days off to play on Tuesday. That's a lot of time off, Kawhi. I mean, you miss game, you miss game three. Game two was played last Tuesday, but, uh, oh, yeah, well, yeah, it was played last Tuesday. It was played last Tuesday, so you had Wednesday off, you had Thursday off, you had Friday off, you had Saturday, you had Sunday, Monday, you had, you had a full, almost a full week off to come back and, and, and produce the same game you had in game one. How are you going to play game one and game two and miss game three and game four and game five? It shows the level of character. Let's play the rest of that clip. I didn't pick all through the season. All through the season. He takes every perk imaginable. Yes, yeah, we ain't got to even debate all of this. I'm not getting into all of the stuff that he did to get to Los Angeles and what he forced the Clippers to capitulate to in order to acquire him. I'm talking about unreliability. Now, I know Wilbon, my man Wilbon, and I talked about this. 
We know that the, the injuries are legitimate. They're not fake. We got that. I would never do that to him or any other player, but especially him. We understand the hard work that he puts in trying to get himself ready or whatever. But when you think about his personality, selling the game, promoting the game, promoting the Clippers franchise, being available, being available. I don't know about you, Big Perk. I'm genuinely sad for Ty Lue. Every time I look at Ty Lue and I see Ty Lue's face and I see him looking sad or just looking melancholy or whatever the appropriate word is, the first thought that comes to my mind is, what the hell is wrong with Kawhi Leonard now? (laughs) Because there's no way he's looking like that if he knows he can rely on Kawhi Leonard, if Kawhi Leonard is available. And to see him in Los Angeles coaching this Clippers franchise, Lawrence Frank, you see that the organization has become first class. Steve Ballmer is one of my favorite people, favorite owners. Uh, It's a damn shame that this man is who they have to rely on because you just can't rely on him. And we know it's because of injuries, but you just can't rely on him. But the other stuff that it takes to to magnetize folks to your franchise that you could do personality-wise – Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, helping to market the franchise. He does none of that. Mm-hmm. He just shows up to work. He does his job. He goes back to business when he shows up to work, which, as Molly highlighted at the start of this discussion, isn't often. One of the worst superstars to have that I have ever seen in sports. It truly is to me. Well, I'll say this. Yeah, it is. It is sad, but it, it, it's frustrating. Am, am I on? Oh, I'm sorry. It's frustrating because I, I always want to see. Uh, I was I was a big Kawhi fan in San Antonio. I love the dude. I still love him to this day, but I don't like the fact that once again. You're missing work. Like I said, you had 30 games to figure it out. You had 30 games to get healthy. You had all that time to get healthy. And now you're not motivated. I, I, I just think, think that he's not motivated to play. I just think that. I just think, I, I just think that. And I'm not blaming Ty Lue. I'm blaming Kawhi. I'm not blaming the training staff. I'm blaming Kawhi. Kawhi don't want to play. Kawhi does not want to take the time to get into that room and say, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to get my knee right. I'm going to play that game. I'm going to sacrifice my my selfishness for the guy's gain. I'm going to help these guys out. I'm going to do everything I can. Everybody, like I said, everybody's nicked up. It's not just you. Don't make it about you. Zion makes it about him all the time. And that's why in New Orleans, they're struggling. They're struggling to find a superstar because you're a superstar sitting on the bench. Actually, we can't call him a superstar because we don't know who he is. We we, We haven't seen the guy play since January. But that's another person who's a king of load management. This 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 load management management is going to stop. It has to stop at some point. 
unless you're really hurt. I, I just don't get it sometimes. I, I just don't get it. I mean, that, here's the opportunity to to extend your season, but you say, okay, I'm going to sit out and rely on Russell Westbrook and Norman Powell. That's all you have. This is Russ. I can't, I can't dis disrespect Russ's game anymore. I mean, I'm calling, I'm going to call him out when he goes three for nineteen again. But, but anytime he goes for 30, 30 points and almost leads you to to, to a team to a victory, I give you my, I give you my mad respect to you, bro. Like I'll still get on you, like I said, for three for nineteen, but, but. You're you you're you I would never call you out your name. I'll never disrespect you, Russell Westbrook. Never. I'm not no skip bailers that calls you West Brick every time you break a jump shot. I'm not doing that at all. It's natural, so I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm not a Clippers fan. I don't have to live with that. So you're just giving the Phoenix Phoenix the, the victory. So now, what we do in the offseason, um, Clippers fans, if Kawhi is calling all these games off, do we say, do, do does Kawhi get ready for training camp now? Now that your season's over tonight, do we get ready for training camp, Kawhi? I know Paul George will be ready. Will you be ready? That's the question. But before I before we go to break, I want to talk about this Draymond situation. Now, game five of this of this Kings and Warriors series is tomorrow. Uh, and I'll say this: Draymond, you're always going to have my back. Um, nothing that you did. What? Well, 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 even though that was a, a an interesting uh, a dirty play that you did, it wasn't worth. It wasn't warrant a suspension. It was a message. It was a message to the Kings that were coming, and the Warriors won their their, their two games, so now the Warriors are coming back. This is why I said the the Warriors will win this series because. A veteran-led team does not let a team that, that is getting there for the first time in 16 years off the hook like that. You got to work. You got to work. The Kings have been working the working last two games. That's I mean, that's unfortunate because, because you know, because they, they have some vets on that team that have gone to the playoffs, that won championships. Harrison Barnes has done that. Mike Brown, the coach, has done that. He's trying to steal it to these guys that – Anything is possible. We can beat. We can beat the champs, but you're not beating the champs without Draymond Green in there. And Draymond Green is your 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 whole whole entire defense. He is. He's he is your whole entire defense on that back end. And he's always calling the plays. He's, he's, you know, he, he's yelling things out. Yeah, he, he's going to get technical fouls, of course. He, you know, the Warriors have lived with that. And I think right now they're okay with it. As long as he's not injected, then, then they'll, be, they'll be even better. 
So, with that being said, I don't want Draymond to train his, change his game for the NBA's good. It will only make the NBA's Raiders worse than, than it is. I mean, I, I haven't looked at the playoff ratings yet, but I'm pretty sure the playoff ratings are better than the regular season ratings right now. Pretty sure they are. But then again, you know, people people look at, you know, the regular season as a joke. They, they'd rather sit out the regular season than the playoffs. In this Kawhi's case, I'd rather sit out the playoffs than the regular season. If you have a legitimate injury, you are allowed to sit out. You had practice time. You had all the time in the world to play, to get healthy. Draymond missed one game because of the NBA's ridiculous, stupid decisions. I mean, Joe Dumars, you played on a bad Pistons team. You played on that team. You saw Rick Mahorn threw a throw a guy, then you saw Bill Lundgren punch a guy in the face. And now you're saying today we're not going to have we're not allowing a guy to stomp on another player to land his feet. Oh, really? Oh, really? That's how we're going to do Joe Dumars. You're going to go on another pa uh, on a pass? If Joe Dumars was here right now and tell him, uh, gave me relationship advice and said, you shouldn't, have, you shouldn't go on another, you, you, shouldn't do, you shouldn't be in another relationship, Jamie, then I would have, I would have been mad at him. <laughs> I would have been mad at him because you're going to go off the pass versus the future. That's why I always say that's why some people say don't worry about the past. The past is it's trash, it's garbage, it's whatever. It's like throwing something away. I if I threw like if I threw my whole entire couch away, couch away. Okay, that's the past. I'm ready for the present. I'm ready for the future of the next couch. I'm ready for the future of the next girl. I don't go towards the past. Because the past is, 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 is irrelevant. In Draymond's state, Draymond's past is irrelevant. It should be irrelevant. Don't go off past years to go off, go off, uh, go off the future behavior, go off, go have present, go off present time. Present time is Sabonis grabbing the foot of Draymond Green. You didn't give him a fine for that. Wow. Some things would never change, and I hope Jerry Mon keeps his game up. He keeps playing his game, and the Warriors, like I said, I'm still choosing the Warriors. You know, the Kings, the Kings are exciting for a short time, but time's up. The Warriors are coming. Now coming up next, um, Let's talk about the NFL draft. And these top 10 players will be ready on day one. Actually, they may be ready on day one. And they're not, a, they're not even a bus. When I did my other top 10 list last week, I said these players would not be a bus. When I'm doing a top 10 players list today, these players, to my, in my mind, they're not a bus. Now, whatever they do in their life, they are a bus. It's up to them. Is they they got to be held accountable for their actions? Like Aaron Rodgers blames everyone. 
okay, Aaron Rodgers, we're not the one that got you to the Jets yesterday. You said you wanted to go to the Jets, not us. You said that. But don't blame us. Blame you. And I, I, I want, I want these draft, draft, draftees to think that okay, you don't have to be a bust. You can prove people wrong. And and this, this my list. They're about to prove people wrong, and actually, some people, some people about to be prove people wrong. Some people about to, about to be greater than, than, than bus. And we'll discuss about it coming up next. But I will reveal my twenty-six pick for the Cowboys. Coming up next, but I do want to. No, actually, no, no shout out. Not, not a shout out. It's, it's going to be a sad shout out. But no, I don't want to do that to them because, actually. Actually, everyone was talking about the Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson situation. I'm like, I don't have anything yet. I have to read into it, and then if I have more details, then I'll and then I'll, I will share my opinion about it. But let's talk about the NFL draft coming up next. Top ten players that'll be ready for the NFL season. Week one coming up next is Fishbowl Radio Beyond the Game.
I just want and no offense to the draftees, you know, I hope that everybody gets drafted and shines on their teams, thrives on the teams, whatever that case may be. So was that being the case? Week one is in September. So these players will be ready at that time. Now I do want to give now oh, I'll do that little teaser. Uh, in about 30 minutes. But let's start with number one, Bryce Young. Everyone's number one pick. Everyone's number one pick. Alabama, 22. Uh, I was hoping that this would end when it was a championship, but it did not. So his stats in 2022, 3,328 yards, 32 touchdowns, and five interceptions. He's six foot, one hundred ninety four. He reminds me of a Russell Wilson type, but he's a little slimmer than Russ than Russ is. Um, he's an accurate thrower. He's he maneuvers in the park well. His size will get him. Um, I'm hoping that I'm hoping he does climb the pocket a little bit for the Panthers' offense. Uh, Car, you know, Frank Wright had had Carson Wentz as a as a running quarterback. And he had Jalen Hurts, too. And this is a guy that was the offensive coordinator. But both did not believe in Jalen Hurts. And now, look at Jalen Hurts now. Jalen Hurts has the bag. Bryce Young could be, could be that quarterback. I feel like in this draft, uh, he can lead a team. Uh, it's unfortunate that he has to go to Carolina, but <laughs> in my eye, in, in people's eyes, and in my eyes, too, he, he might go to Carolina. So, with that being said, I don't know. Um, I, I think I think when you put him in Carolina, I think they'll make they'll make they'll make him forget Cam Newton. Because even though Cam Newton led them to to a, a Super Bowl, he didn't win the Super Bowl. So we we can't. We, but Bryce Young, we'll see. I mean, I think I think fans in, in Carolina will make them forget. About Cam Newton, and I'm and I hate to say that I like Cam Newton, but I think I but I think Bryce Young is ready for this moment, and so they'll so if he gets off to a great start, we will they'll forget about Cam Newton. Number two, C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is a little taller than than Bryce Young. He's six three two eighteen. His stats were three thousand six hundred eighty eight yards. 41 touchdowns and six interceptions. I like I like I like his play action calls. I love it a lot. Um, you know, this is a quarterback that I wanted to go number one, but obviously the Panthers saw something in him. Then Houston did it. I think Houston he's prime for Houston because if you provide weapons around CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud thrives. It's just that I question the leadership. Can he lead a team? He he doesn't need to be a follower. I want a leader. When you're in, when you're in the quarterback space, you got to be a leader in that space. And so that's interesting to me that um, that he, he he that he has to start from scratch. That whole entire franchise. Had to start from scratch. Hiring the coach and D'Amico Ryan's, which 
you know, finally, you know, I hope he stays there after one or two year, two seasons or throughout his duration of the contract. That's very, very, very rare for an African-American head coach in the NFL. So, so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, again, this is not accurate. Things can happen on draft night as, as any, any other draft in, in, in that world. In any world, anything can happen draft night. <laughs> Number three, Will Anderson Jr. His stats last year, 24 tackles and 10 sacks. He's 6'4", 243. He can line up on any position. Uh, this this has me, this player reminds me of DeMarcus Ware. Remember DeMarcus Ware in the past 10 years ago? Remember him? Remember he was lining up left and right in the 4-3 defense, 3-4 defense? Um, you know, getting to the quarterback, getting to the running back, creating havoc in the backfield. That's that type of player Will Anderson. Uh, the Cardinals. But I feel like the Cardinals may trade down. Somebody might have to trade up to get that linebacker. We don't know. Maybe the Bears can, can ask for it or maybe somebody. But it fits Arizona well because you you got you got JJ Watt retiring right, and the Cardinals need some pass rushers. They don't have any, and Will Anderson can fit that mold as being that pass rusher in this defense. He can also be a Michael Parsons, uh, the quickness that he, a taller version of Michael Ver, Mar, Michael Parsons. Um, I do question his speed a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, actually, no, I don't question his speed. His speed. I do question the team that he's going to go to. Um, is, is he going to fit their offense right? Their defense right away in that space. Uh, that that that's the question I have. Number four, this guy. Anthony Richardson. This guy should have been the number one pick. Literally, like, like he checks all the boxes in the world. The only, the only box that he, that he doesn't check is his backflips. <laughs> Gymnastics. But he doesn't, he doesn't check that box. But he checks everything down the list from vision to, to big arm to height um, to weight, uh, speed, all that stuff. Don't know why he has not. As he, they have him number four to the Colts, but again, again, the Colts haven't had a quarterback since Peyton Manning. I mean, you can you, you can try to count Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan did not provide anything for that franchise. I mean, if if I'm the Colts, I start right now. I start getting a quarterback. In this draft, that could lead my franchise, like Peyton did for the past thirteen seasons. But is Anthony Richardson is that guy? Is he? If he's that guy, I I will go with him. Now you can't. Now it'll be odd to draft. The first three picks will be quarterbacks. That's odd because the Cardinals just played their quarterback last year. You're not gonna pay. You're not gonna bring in a rookie quarterback to compete with Kyler Murray, 
or else Colin Murray will request a trade. And then they'll find they'll make it harder for him to leave Arizona. You don't want that. That'll be a weird draft in their right mind. And that'll be that weird that that'll be that team's philosophy of not believing in Kyler or any other quarterback that they're having on their team. Like the Baltimore doesn't believe in Lamar. That's why Lamar hasn't been paid the bag yet. Why is it taking so long? They may like I just saw a report that said they may draft a quarterback. I was like, okay, fine, draft a quarterback, and that'll be the end of Lamar. Lamar, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to take their BS. Go to another team, create your own vision, and lead your team to a championship. You have all the reins and role to make that happen. Well, Anthony Richardson, though, that long strider, big arm, personality. Oh, yeah, number one pick, but they gave it to Bryce Young because <laughs> Bryce Young is ready. Anthony Richardson reminds me of Cam Newton a little bit. He reminds me. And if the Panthers want to go with this quarterback, I will go I will go ahead with Anthony Richardson. I want to go Bryce Young. No offense to Bryce Young, but I feel like Bryce Young is, is capable of being – in a different offense than Anthony Richardson. Don't know what type of offense they're going to run in, in Indianapolis when they get there, but I do think that um, it's to his liking. So you got to run an offense that that fits the quarterback well. I think that's what that's why that's why these quarterbacks don't last. In my eyes, I could be wrong. I could, I don't know, but. 2022, his stats were 2,549 yards, 17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. He rushed for 100, 103 for 60, 654 yards and 9 touchdowns. Uh, he played in Florida. That Florida wasn't – Florida is not Florida anymore. Let, let's put it in that, in that space. Florida is not Florida anymore. Florida used to be elite when Tebow was there. Florida used to be elite when them uh, – when um, – yeah, when Tim Tebow was there, and now they have regressed. And now they lost Anthony Richards, they have regressed. And that's another story for a different day. Now, this kid did not play in all the games, but he had a stellar 2021 season. His name is Jackson Smith Najigba, number five. 2022 saw him five receptions for 43 yards. Again, he played in five games. He was hurt. 2021, he had 95 receptions of our 1,606 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, Ron Run is key. He can line up anywhere. He has the great body control. Um, I have him going to the – well, actually, I have him going to the Patriots because the Patriots haven't had a, 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 a dominant wide receiver. Can't call him a leave. They haven't had a receiver – like like Jackson. And I think that, that that's their main target in this draft. They have to get a right receiver that compliments Matt, that compliments um, what quarterback's name. I uh, can't remember his name. <laughs> and quarterback. But, um, you know, does Belichick want to go with a wide receiver in this draft? Because, right, you know, you got one, you got one in uh, Jackson Smith. 
Um, even though he didn't play all the games, you, you know, the injury report is, is question. It is, um, it's fascinating to me. It's really fascinating to me of how they are able to, um, it's fascinating to me that, that they have a quarterback, but they don't have any pieces around them. Max Jones, Mac Jones, sorry. Mac Jones is a quarterback of the Patriots. And he needs a compliment what weapon. And I do think that, um, I do think that um, Jackson Smith Najigba compliments that. Number six, and this number six was controversial. Number six, Jalen Carter. 16 tackles, three sacks, 6'3", three, uh, 300 pounds. He can get to the quarterback on any technique. Um, I have him going to the Lions at 18, but this guy was the number one pick in February when, I'm sorry, December, when all that situation went down. It was just stupid on all parts. And accountability is, is, is not valid in this state of mine. Because you got two guys racing. Two people are dead because of decision making. Others are injured. One person gets, what, misdemeanor or something like that? But I question, I, I, I just question what type of player Jalen Carter is sometimes. And now, now even though I don't, I, I, I give him half blame for that decision making that he did, but I, I don't want to put everything on him. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, half blame Half blame on the other person's part. Rest in peace, right? Yes. But I always fear that when someone gets successful, the family member goes for their money. And I'm and, and I don't want that to be the case. It's unfortunate what happened. And this is a learning experience. That nothing is given. It should be learning experience to uh, Jana Carter. Like you made a mistake on the roadway, on on the road. Just thank God you have another chance to make that up in the draft. Because most guys, when they get in trouble like this, especially in college, they don't get that opportunity in college anymore. Heck, they don't get that college. They don't get that. They barely get that opportunity in the pros. So it's like it's almost like a one and out. It's one. It's like a one and done thing. I always, I'm at a point where if the guy's remorseful, which I hope he is, I want to give that guy a second chance in life. Get drafted to a team, do your job, but the target's on you. The target's on you to make those decisions because you don't want your past to be brought up to these people don't, don't, that don't watch football, that don't watch basketball. They're not, like, People who bring up your past behaviors, add it to a new behavior that you that you make of, they don't know you. They don't know you at all. <laughs> and it's unfortunate. But I just hope that Jalen Carter goes to this, go, goes to a team 
that he can just play ball. You know how to get rid of a tragic situation? Just play, just play ball. Just play ball because you signed up for this. You can get the job done. And also, um, and also you're, you're worth it. You're worth it. And everyone will forget this situation. Everybody, no matter what, no matter what happens at the end of your career, everybody will tend to forget this situation. So number seven, Michael Mayer. Now, you know, I've been hearing the radio for the last few weeks, YouTube last few weeks, draft Michael Mayer. No, let's not get Michael. Let's get the, uh, let's get the, the Georgia tight end. No, 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 no. It's a lot. It's a lot. Well, Michael Mayer, I have him going to the Seahawks. Let's see. 2022, 6'5", 67 receptions for, for 809 yards and nine touchdowns. I view him as Travis Kelsey type. But he's more of a bigger body, so I think I'm going to go with Mark Andrews. But this guy can be reliable on the field. I don't want to draft this guy because I do think that um, um, he, he, I, need, I, I need an athletic tight end. This is not an athletic tight end. He's kind of, you know, the scouts have him as, sub, this is according to NFL.com. Shout out to NFL.com. They have him as Suglage. Excuse me. Sorry. Let me wipe my eyes. I'm not crying or anything. Um, a sluggish release and acceleration off the line, below average run after catch talent. That's his negatives. His positives is he, he is a, a run blocker. So is it gonna so does he line up in fullback? I do think he's gonna line up in, in fullback at some point. I, I think a team is gonna have him be lined up as, as being a, a, a secondary blocker. When the teams bring when teams load up the box. He's going to block uh, the person that's coming after the uh, maybe the safety uh, a safety blitz a cornerback blitz. Maybe he'll get that that type when he gets to the league. But um, but I do think that um, I do think he's going to be an exceptional player. I wouldn't take him with, with the Cowboys at this pick because the Cowboys don't need that pick. The type of offense that the Cowboys run. They don't need that pick. I don't think and the Cowboys don't need that pick. That, that's not the offense they're running. I think, I think, an offense that that is going to be a run heavy offense, and we're not run heavy. We're more we're more run and pass, more pass and run. <laughs> if you think it that way, if you draft the right people, then I think I think I think it changes your offense a little bit. And I'm talking about the Cowboys side. Which I think they're going to do that. But that's just me. They can have a terrible draft. Everybody in a year's time can have a terrible draft, but they can make it up on the field by going 12 and 5 or 13 and 4 or 14 and 2, whatever that case may be. Number eight, Jordan Addison. Now, this player went from Pittsburgh to USC. Let's get his stats. 
59 receptions for for 875 yards, eight touchdowns. He's 5'11", 173. He reminds me of the Deshaun Jackson a little bit, the speed, the slanky type player. Um, I have him going to the Chargers at 21. Um, he can line up as a slot. <laughs> he, he will compliment uh, Justin Herbert well. Uh, and this will help. This will help in in uh, in uh, what's that offensive coordinator's name? I'm forgetting offensive coordinator's names. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore's office. This will help. Kellen Moore needs a, a slot receiver to shine. He had a Gallup, but Gallup is not a slot receiver. I think this guy Jordan Addison, when he gets to the league, I think he's going to be a slot receiver. Um. According to NFL.com, his positives are he possesses athleticism and speed to work anywhere on the field. Ability to run routes was affecting this. Route timing can be, well, his, his negative is route timing, right? Route timing. Um, handsy corner, corners they have it. Um, I think I think I want to add, the other negative is he, he is um, his, his height. I mean, they have him as Tyler Lockett. I do see that. But his height will get him. Uh, I don't expect a longer career. I could be wrong from this guy. But the consistency is the question for me. Um, you can't jump ship if you, if you feel like NFL scouts are not going to Pittsburgh. I mean, they went to Pittsburgh for... Kelly Pickett and look at him and if he if he didn't have butterflies in his in his stomach in his rookie season he would have been the rookie of the year he would have started week one but Mike Tomlin made a mistake to start him later part of the season I mean they complement each other well they know each other's personality if you add a Jordan Addison to the offense with the Steelers then we could, they can make that happen, but I, I, but we'll see. We'll see. I did reread that story that Jordan Pickett, Jordan Addison said, "Come get me to uh, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly Pickett." Does Pitch proceed it that way? Remains to be seen. Number, that was number eight, by the way. Number nine, B. John. Robinson, 258 carries, 1,580 yards, 18 touchdowns. He's six foot 220. Reminds me of, reminds me of a Zeke Elliott. He reminds me of a Reggie Bush. More Reggie Bush than Zeke Elliott. The pro is variety of footwork. He has a lot of great footwork. He finishes runs with authority. He's, his, Negative is pass protection. So I have him going to the Cowboys. The reason being is because we got rid of Zeke Elliott. We're relying on uh, Ronald Jones and Tony Pollard to be our main backs. Uh, if we're not going to draft and run it back in this first round or the second or third round or maybe in the later rounds we draft one, that I do think Tony, the Cowboys are saying we're going to make Tony Pollard our main back. I mean, if you're going to make him our main back, then I will say pay him. 
pay him. When he gets his 1,000 yards in 2023, go ahead and throw the money at him. Don't wait until public pressure gets you, Jerry, because you, you, have, you have the chance to do this, man. You have the chance to say, you know what? If this guy is going to give us yards the first day in free agency in 2024, I will give Tony Pollard the bag. Now, I know there's a lot of free agents out there. That I know CD's got to get paid and, and, and all that stuff. The, 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 the salary cap has to expand at some point. It has to expand at some point so that you keep these players for the long term. That's how you build championships. When you're in the same organization for years to come, and you get to that one year that you're in the NFC Championship game, or the Super Bowl for that matter, you're building something. And unfortunately, we haven't done both in 27 years. So it could be, it could be another year or, or two for that to happen. But we're just for your wishful thinking. So if so, I've been saying this for a long time. If B. John went to a bigger, a better school, a better football school, let me say this again, a better football school that had a chance to get to the college football playoff, that had a chance to not only get there, but to get to the uh, to a championship game, then I would have said, okay, I would, he would have, his stock would have been a lot higher. I think it's high. I think, I, I think he could crack the top 10. He might even crack the top top 20 but i don't see him going past that i don't see him going past the top the, the top 10 i could be wrong like i said teams have have made risky decisions it's worked in the past sometimes it hasn't worked just at the giants for example so with that being said um with that being said if B. John played at a bigger car. I do think his sack so gets a little, a little higher. Texas has been relevant in football for years. For years. Ever since Colt McCoy. Yeah, that's a long time ago, guys. That's about 2011. That's a long time ago. Stop stop playing mind games with us, Texas. Stop saying we're going to be better. Stop. This guy had to sit out the ball game. It was tough. It must be a tough decision to sit out a bowl game, knowing that you're going to be drafted, knowing that you want no part of Texas's bull crap, their offense, which I will talk about in a later in a later podcast. But that's B. John Robinson at number nine, guys. Our last and final player is Dalton Kincaid. Now, 153, the fan has gone back and forth, back and forth, courtesy of this. Um, Cedric recession for 890 yards and eight touchdowns. This, I can see why the Cowboys will go after him because he's quicker than Dalton Schultz. Um, his, but I, 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 I have some questions. He's 6'4", 240, great height. Um, his pro is he, he has sweet feet. His separation is, is fabulous. His con is the liability as a run blocker and also his, his football limitations. He has experience in football for one year in high school. 
I don't think that matters as much, but um, I, I wonder how much he knows the game. I mean, some guys, some guys started playing playing sports at a later age, and they shine. Look at me. I started playing at 12, and now I'm trying to shine right now. Um, you know, Dalton Kincaid works in this office. I haven't gone to the Bills. <laughs> Don't know why I haven't gone to the Bills, but I haven't gone to the Bills. Um, I do think he fits in that bottom 20, bottom, bottom of the draft. Fits him well. But, um, but I do see why the Cowboys will want him. Um, even though we have two additional, maybe three additional tight ends on the roster, we need one that is quicker to the ball. We need one that can line up in the slot when we need to. Dr. Schultz couldn't do that. He couldn't do that at all. Um, he was slow. And he, he didn't have the right mindset for football. I think this kid does. Dalton, Dalton Kincaid does. And we just got to see what happens in the draft. And the draft is two days. Like I said, the draft is two days away. It's on April the 27th at 7 o'clock. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the first pick won't come in until like 7.15, So... Um, hopefully next year we'll have a draft party somewhere live. We'll see next year. But um, but that is the draft, everyone. That's my top ten players that I will that will will be ready in my eyes in week one. In my eyes. Now, like I said, whatever their their career uh, goes, that's on them. But I do wish them the best. We will be watching them on TV. And uh, whoever shines the most, we'll, we'll, we will definitely talk about. Now, before we leave, I do want to re reveal my Cowboys pick. Um, so, oh, yes. I had, I had B. John on this list. I had Dalton Kincaid on this list. Uh, I even had Quinton Johnson. I had him going to the Giants. I do think we need a big body receiver. Uh, this is tough for me. <sighs> I mean, we can we can easily move up and get uh, B. John. I think he'll be gone by pick 2021 or even higher. Because I do think the Giant the the Chargers need to run him back. Um. Oh, this is interesting. I won't go with Dalton Kincaid. I do. I do think we need a quicker tight end. Um, you know, he he checks all the boxes uh, as far as being a tight end goes. Um, I do question his running block, run block, but that but that can we you don't have to do much because our office is not built on on um, on uh, <laughs> on having to block an extra player. We, 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 got, we got five solid guys on that line that can do it. Well, actually, we got four solid guys that can do it. Uh, teams, teams, don't run, teams, teams don't run a lot of blitzes against us because they forced Dak to beat, to beat them. And Dak has done his job by beating them, by being inaccurate in his throws and all that stuff. So that's why I have Dalton Kincaid 
as my uh, number 26 pick. Uh, then again, it could change. It could go B. John, could go Quinton Johnson of TCU, which we talked about last week. Could go anywhere. But I hope it does go linebacker. I, I would rather wait for that in the later round. Like, as a matter of fact, we don't we don't need a linebacker. If we do, then let's wait in the later round for that. But guys, that, that's our pick. That's our picks for today and and all that stuff. Now, next week, we'll we'll I will make a list of the top ten sleepers in the draft that um, from the fourth round to the seventh round that could be ready either week one or mid season. A sleeper players draft. We'll I'll make that list, but I gotta find out who's going to be in the fourth 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 through seventh round and that fourth. Through seven rounds on Saturday, so I, I know people don't care about the the fourth through seventh round, but I am going to bring it to you next week, anyways. And but the first two Thursday and Friday, that's what people care about. But guys, well, let's talk about that next week, and also we will definitely recap the NBA playoffs. Um, let's see what happens with, with the Lakers. Uh, let's see what happens with the Celtics. Let's see what happens with, with the Phoenix Suns. Give you give you my expertise and any big name stories on the other side next week. And next week will be May, so this will be our last April episode. So uh, next week we'll talk about it. All right, guys, thank you for listening or watching to Beyond the Game Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as I did. Thank you to Angelo, who's running the board once again out there. And um, I will see y'all next week. Till then, take care, everyone. Happy <laughs> um, happy draft, wherever that may be. Be safe out there and take care of yourself. See you on the next episode. Take care.